0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Rip and Rock, episode twenty-one. We're back in person together. We're not doing this on Streamyard. We're not doing this on Zoom. You're actually like back in the country for you know the first time in the okay timeout. See, well, the country to me is it's Baltimore right now. Like that's that's my definition of the country.
2: There's a lot of things wrong with you. One of them is, is your geography and where, where the awful. line's cut off. But, yes, we're back together. Uh, you know what? Maybe I miss seeing you in person, but I'm starting to regret it. But here we are, but we had to get back together because there's one week left of the season, Rock.
0: Yeah, and it's the biggest week of the season right now for the Baltimore Orioles. They already have that postseason berth locked up. But like we said before on Sports Unlimited, this is a team... This is a squad that is not content with just getting the invite to the party. They want to be the life of the party. And to be the life of the party, the Baltimore Orioles need to win the AL East. Lock up that one seed. The American, you know, that the postseason for the American League is going to run through Baltimore, if that's the case, because the AL East has already secured that one seed. It's going to be the O's or another team from the AL East right now. So that's what we're looking at. But... We're gonna talk about a lot of that. That magic numbers down to three. The Allen Iverson number. Yeah, no? Yeah.
2: Yeah. A- AI reference yeah. also legend, by the way. I even you're talking about cool moments. I'd love to go back and watch that crossover he had on Jordan. Just one of those moments where again, wasn't around to really witness that or to see that, but that's one of those ones you look back at right there. Yep. Whammy. Or yep. AI stepping over Tyron Lue in the NBA yeah.
0: finals was was pretty iconic. With that Jordan crossover, Temple University legend Mark Zumhoff with a fantastic call. He's now retired, but he was a Sixers play-by-play guy. That's for amazing. A long time. Absolute legend. Great calls. Bullpen issues. The Orioles look tired as hell. I'm not going to put it lightly. They really do. Well, they had until these last two starts from their guys. And we're going to talk about those guys who really helped the bullpen out. They didn't necessarily give them an off day, but they basically did. They helped them out by going as long as they possibly could. And that's John Means and Kyle Gibson. And the O's are going to need quality starts from them in the postseason. If they decide to go with them, those two guys in that rotation, what is this rotation going to look like going forward? Is it going to be a three-man? Is it going to be a four-man? And who are those guys that you're going to go with if you're Brandon Hyde, if you're Mike Elias? Who are you going to put in that position to help you win ballgames come postseason play? It's a big week for the birds. Huge. It's a big week for the huge, huge. It could be one of the biggest weeks in Baltimore sports history in a very long time, especially if they lock up the AL East and they have two teams that would love nothing more than to just spoil their hopes and dreams. And that's the Washington nationals and the Boston red Sox. And we go into rips tips. And I actually know what it is this week. Uh, it feels like for once in my life, it's never as bad as it seems I love that motto. And you're going to, you know, dissect that, talk more about that as this episode goes on. And then a baby bird, Jackson Holiday, the baby bird, wins Baseball America's minor league baseball player of the year, joins Gunnar Henderson and Matt Wieders. What that means for Jackson Holiday and when we could possibly see him up here in the Bigs. So let's get into the episode, Rip. What do we got? Well, let's dive into it. I mean, the Orioles. The Orioles. Yeah, exactly. The, the Orioles. Orioles. And that's, that's the episode.
2: Yeah. No, but honestly, a lot of good things at this I, I think, look, it's been a wonderful ride this season, and I know that we're almost there, and, and for the Orioles, they got to celebrate rock. We didn't really get a chance to talk about them clinching the first postseason spot.
0: No, because we did it before that actually. I happened. know, but so
2: my point is, timely. Awesome moment, yeah, and you're excited because we said this from the beginning. It's incredible to get in, and honestly, you just need to be in. That's the name of the game. You got to be in the dance because let's face it. You don't know how a team's going to play. We saw last year. We've talked about in the past, the Phillies got hot, got to the world series. If you want to go back in uh, previous years, Kansas city Royals playing game. They went to the world series. They didn't win it that year. Got to the world series. Those Colorado Rockies. If people want to go back a little bit, won a ridiculous amount of games down the stretch, had the in and swept their games to the swept their way to the world series the Red Sox ended up winning that one. but. Point being, you just don't know. Don't. Having said that, though, the Orioles' job's not finished, like you mentioned. And it would mean more to them to be the number one seed and everything running through Baltimore, because then you really feel that everything you've done this whole season's validated, and that gives you even more confidence knowing that.
0: Everything is going to get decided at Camden Yards. Yeah, absolutely. You want Orange October. Paint the town orange, paint the city orange, and have those rally towels waving in the air and just those orange shirts in the crowd at Camden Yards. It'll be an electric atmosphere. It's something I'm really looking forward to. If it is a case, if the Orioles do lock up that one seat and win the AL East, I'm telling you what, man, I didn't know what to expect. I knew there was going to be champagne showers and they were going to be... Going nuts with beer. Yeah, can, but we, I,
2: can we walk through your champagne experience in the clubhouse? By the way, everyone, this is a good <laughs> this is a good topic right here. Rocco, why we wanted to bring it up too, got to be in the locker room <laughs> for the clincher. He his voice got a little bit too high, a little bit high,
0: a little bit high everything. on
2: the inside, making his interviews when when beer and champagne was flying.
0: Well, I'll tell you why, but I sounded like the Elmo guy from I Love You, Man, who goes everything got everything, everything you got, got everything yeah that guy that guy and he's uh, he's cheering with them so i sounded like that and I'll t- the reason why is you can't really the decibel level with the music just bumping i couldn't even hear myself think so i'm yelling into the microphone next time i'll know a bit better i'll be more prepared but i'm trying to make it so these guys can hear me when i'm interviewing them and when i got the beer poured on my head when I was interviewing Cedric Mullins, it was awesome. It was cool. It was an experience. I wasn't trying to be a fanboy in the locker room, but it was all smiles. It's it, it's an exciting time. So Morgan Adsit was was so funny. After she saw that, she was just roasting me for that because I go, "No, I have beer on my head," and she's like, "Oh, you got the beer on your head." And it was it was kind of like it's our. It's our ongoing joke now. Every time we see that clip, Morgan's just roasting me for it, but and it was, rightfully so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Rightfully so. But I mean, it's that's hilarious. all
2: that, that moment right there. Though I'm glad you got to experience that because that is every player's, managers, coaches, anyone involved with any organization professionally. That is your goal and dream. And you saw celebrations from the front office, pictures of front office members. I know a big uh, a photo of Mike Elias doing the the home run ho- homer hose. That was awesome. And, and so. It means so much to the whole group. And again, the players obviously have to go out and play. Play They get the most credit, but it really is a team. It's a unit. It's more than one person. A lot of people that are behind the scenes. We've seen what the front office has done to make the moves, but training staff and even the the, the PR staff that's done a tremendous job. Yep. The broadcast booth, everyone has attributed to the experience of the Baltimore Orioles. But again, that's one step. Your goal isn't to mm-hmm. have that one moment. Your goal is to do it again and again, and the Orioles have that taste. But to do it one more time, you got six games now left as we're recording this episode. You got six games to close this out, and everything's right in front of you. And then once you can close that out, you can
0: celebrate it until the end of the season, and then you're right back on track for the postseason. What I think was so cool, Rip, obviously the celebration was next level. It was awesome. It was everything you imagine seeing it on TV, but, but to be there and to see it, was so cool to see the players, to see the camaraderie, to see these guys who started the season together finish the season together strong. But the season is not over. But I'm saying to get to where they want to be right now, and they still want to be even better going forward. But the pieces you see, and Mike Elias, he deserves to celebrate that one, and Brandon Hyde and John Angel, and all those, everyone, front office, you know, manager, players. PR, social media team, everyone that was in that clubhouse, they deserve to celebrate that because they were all a part of this run this season. And it's not over yet. They want so much more. But the way they did it was so incredible. And I thought that, okay, if the Orioles lose to the Rays here, it's going to take some wind out of the sails. The celebration might not be as great. And it might not have been. It could have been, you know, a little bitter taste in your mouth, but you still celebrate, but it's not as big of a celebration. But for the Guardians to go out and beat the Rangers... The crowd knew. I think the Orioles knew too. Sitting in the dugout, when that game went final, the Orioles had locked up that postseason berth. They put it on the video board. And then what happens next? The Orioles come back from behind like they have all season long. Cedric Mullins hits a sack fly to center. Adley Rutchman scores. Celebration ensues. They walk it off in extras. And it was incredible to see, man. That's the way they wanted to do it. That's the way they did do it. The resilience the comebacks this season, and the group, the brotherhood that they have there. It, it was just really so cool to see that come full circle.
2: Yeah, and I mean, again, this is something that's been in the works for so long. And you you talk about the rebuild. You talk about the moments. And this isn't, again, we're, we're acknowledging and celebrating the moment because we didn't have a chance to. But you got to understand, winning's so hard. How many times have we brought up how hard winning is? If you haven't heard me say it before, I, I don't know if you listen to this, this podcast enough then, or if you just heard me talk in general. But if you go through your life, winning is not easy, right? So if you go through it, I can go through on my one hand and think about the success I had. let will just go through the high school ranks all the way through. Playing in high school, I won one championship as a baseball player. Just say with baseball, one, one basketball championship then. So <laughs> I had two in high school. But then up until we made the playoffs in 2019 in Double A for Bowie, I didn't have any other sense of, of a championship celebrating, and that now my career's over. And I even brought it up too. My dad played, and people have heard of him, Calvin Edward Ripken Jr. Shout out. Um, but I love it, when you say it like that. Yeah, but Fantastic. if you, <laughs> yeah, you got to. Just, come on. <laughs> but, but so for him, imagine you come up in 82, your rookie of the year, you think you have a chance to win it, then you win it in your second year, you win the World Series in 83. And you never go back to the World Series, not even playoffs. You don't even go back till 83. And then his last real chances were 96 and 97 mm-hmm. in a 21, 20, 21 year career. Yep. So the point is, these moments are special, they're spectacular. And you even summed it up well. It was such an O's fashion, right? And as soon as everyone, it's like that little doubt falls into your head because you lose those games of the Cardinals, then Tampa comes to town and takes the first two, ties it up in the division. And it's neck and neck, and, and you could feel the tension in Baltimore with the fan base. I mean, I can't tell you how many messages I got about this team. that they're, they're uh, It's starting to show now. They're too young. But guess what? The team blocked everything out. They were on to the next game. They took the next two, including the one in dramatic fashion. And then they go to Houston, follow it up, and win two or three. And then you find a way to battle back against the Guardians. And now you're sitting... Two and a half games up. And again, every time you want to doubt this team, they remind you that this is really a special group. And they're hoping, just like we talked about, that it was the first of many celebrations. And if my math's correct with it all, Rock, because they get the buy, you celebrate winning the division, you celebrate winning the divisional series, CS, World Series, four more celebrations. Yeah. That's their goal. Yep. They, want to, they want to pop bottles four more times.
0: A lot of bottles. There were a lot of bottles popped, a, a lot. lot of, a lot of beer consumed. Not too much H2O in that clubhouse after that. Those guys might have been feeling it the next day, but it was a really fun time and it was really cool to, to see them just celebrate that and enjoy that. And hopefully for them, many more to come. So that's the positive. That's the high of the high right now. Let's kind of go to, I don't want to say the low of the low, but we're going to talk about a negative and that, that's the bullpen. And it's, Not a knock on their performance per se. It's a knock on how tired and how gassed they are. And we've been saying it like this bullpen has needed a day off. And it showed during that three-game losing streak where they lost one to the Astros, that series finale, then they lost two straight to the Guardians. And the bullpen was just taxed. Players knew it. Brandon Hyde knew it. Fans knew it. The outside world knew it. Probably the opposition knew it as well. The Orioles' bullpen was so taxed and looked so gassed, and they weren't throwing their best stuff out there because the arms were tired. They really were. So with the Astros, it looked like a game. I seriously thought they were going to sweep the Astros. I was like, all right, yep. everything's looking good. Everything's looking great. And then the eighth inning happens, and this is the day that you absolutely, absolutely just got roasted on Twitter. And, you know, you held your own, but people were coming for your throat. They were like, this guy, Ryan Ripken, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about which is false. Bottom of the eighth. It's a one nothing game and the Orioles bats didn't really help themselves out in that game either and put some of the blame on them as well. But Houston is a very good baseball team and they're only going to get better as the postseason goes on or as we get into the you know, later months of the season, which we're, we're there right now, September, October. So Fuji comes in and the lead gets blown. And. He walked, what, two batters? I believe so. Four pitch, which is which. quite frankly, I'll tell you this. I know you're a Fuji stan, and you really love the guy. That's unacceptable for any pitcher. Well, that
2: was the old Fuji that that we saw early on.
0: That four pitch walks, two of them in an inning, not only that, the first batter you face, that is unacceptable. And I think Fuji knows that, and I think he's probably beating himself up over it. He might have been in his head a little bit, but that cannot happen. That cannot happen in September, and that cannot happen in October. You got to throw strikes. You got to throw them in there. You got to let these guys hit, especially with the stuff that you have, that filthy splitter, and then you got the fastball. Throw, you know, touch 103 with it sometimes. Throw strikes. Bear down, throw some strikes, let them hit you. And then Danny Coleman comes in, and then Houston walks it off. So that was the series finale against the Astros fans were like, all right, we didn't didn't sweep the Astros, but look on the bright side, we did take two of three, which is big, a series win over the Astros. Then they go to Cleveland, and it was just another collapse by the bullpen. The O's, they came back to tie it after a two-nothing game. They were in a two-nothing hole. I don't think Grayson Rodriguez pitched a bad game by any means. He gave up two in the bottom of the fifth, and then the Orioles, they scored two in the top of the eighth. They tied it up, but then the bottom of the eighth, The Guardians get three off C.N.L. Perez, and that that ended up being it. There was no coming back. But that's another game. They only scored two runs, but bullpen issues there. And then you get to this game, and that was the 9-8 win. It was a roller coaster of emotions. The O's take the lead. They lose the lead. They take the lead. They lose the lead. They take the lead again. And just when Aaron Hicks doubles to left, top of the ninth, the O's take an 8-7 lead. It's like, all right. It's looking all right. They have it here. Well, they didn't. or Cano comes in, and he ended up walking. I think he no. He gave up a he gave up a lead off double to start the inning, and then Fry some uh, Jimenez gets on. I think he walked him, I'm trying to process that through yep. my head. And then Fry, their backup catcher comes in, doubles to center, two runs score, game over. So that's what we're talking about. The bullpen that cannot happen for three games in the postseason. Because if it does, you're going home. Yeah. I mean, so look,
2: uh, rightfully so, people can worry with it. But you just talked about teams being tired and being exhausted and you're down the stretch. And and we'll dive into this a little bit later on. When you get to postseason baseball, how you manage a game is completely different for so many different reasons. And and the more as we get close to this, we'll explain a little bit in this episode, but we will explain in future episodes because – it's unconventional. You're playing day to day. In the regular season, you don't have to do that. So in those moments, you're just gonna go out there and pitch and and look, it it stings because you feel like the Orioles had some games they could have won. You could have won against Houston. You feel like you could have, you know, won more. You could have won the series at Cleveland, right? But I will say this: as much as we're talking about the Orioles blowing leads there, you know what the other the other thing that the Orioles have done better than any other team was coming back and winning games. And imagine other teams saying about, man, we blew that game. And that was because of the fact that the Orioles kept finding a way late, coming up big. And that's where sometimes it evens out. Sometimes that's just how it works. But I think what I love the most about what happened, Rock, to be honest, is again, you see the Orioles have their moments and you feel like they're right back on course and then they lose three straight. And then all of a sudden, there's the what ifs again. But the team doesn't let this, if it's bad voodoo or they don't let it become a slide. And, And you might think, well, three games is a slide, Ryan. Yeah. But in the big, in the grand scheme of things, go look around. If we're talking about the Orioles and Rays right now, the biggest difference between the Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays is consistency over the months. And the reason why the Orioles have a two game lead as we or two and a half game lead Uh, as we're talking about this, as I'm trying to pull this up because it's one of my most fascinating stats I looked up with the Rays. Here we go. Orioles are two and a half games up. The Rays went eight and 16 in the month of July. So when we're talking about having slides, that Rays slide, that was a month slide. And that could very well cost them the division. The Orioles, the reason why they've continued to do well and have success is because they've won in every single month and they've stacked it up, and they don't let things become a prolonged issue. Bullpun-wise for the Orioles are just to close it out. What I love the fact is Cano gave it up. We know that. He came in the next game. Came in, uh, I think he came in for two-thirds of an inning, got those outs, moved on. He got right back up on the horse. Orioles close out the game. They win the game. Those are moments right there that you need to see from, from your guys is how resilient are they, and their pitchers are resilient. But those 17 days, man, I can't tell you as a player. Pitching is the one thing we talk about. This is why you value your depth. Mm-hmm. And they might not be on the roster right now. Guys that are we're talking about guys that got sent down. The Brian Bakers, the Mike Bowmans, uh, Tyler Wells is down. But now he's back up. Yep. But the point is, and he
0: and he was he was
2: fantastic. And he was great in as, the game. And, he was he was the bright spot in that bullpen that game. Exactly. But the point is, you're going to shuffle through, and so many guys deserve credit. And there's a reason why the Orioles are still a top five bullpen ERA wise in all of
0: baseball. As we talk about this right now, that's just, that's just the ebbs and flows of baseball. It is. It is really where you miss Felix Bautista. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they can't win a world series without Felix, but ba- yeah, they can't win. A, that's what I'm not saying. I think they can win a world series with the team. They have truly right now with their hitting and with the bullpen, regardless of the issues they've had the past you know week or so. But it would be really great if Felix Bautista could come back, maybe not push it, maybe get him ready for next season if they can, and we figure it out. But it's he hasn't been ruled out completely yet. So, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Hey,
2: I want to say one <laughs> f- final note here with Fuji, by the way, and this yep. is what I think is absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And everyone that's saying about consistency, it might just be an Astros thing. And hear me out for a second. Fuji's pitched 27 and two thirds innings with the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. He's given up 15 earned runs. He's had his up and down moments. He has a 488 ERA with the Baltimore Orioles since coming over in the trade. You want to guess how many runs have come against the Houston Astros? For Fuji? For Fuji.
0: How many appearances against them?
2: Three. I'd say seven. Seven earned runs.
0: Wow. Wow. Whammy.
2: Ding, ding, ding. So. Fuji, if you imagine that, against everybody else. So in those outings, by the way, Fuji has gone one and a third innings. One and a third. Seven earned. So if I do my math correctly here, that means he's gone 25 and a third or 25 and two thirds. Eight earned runs. And if we want to take away his things there, he's given up then. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for later for a different video. But my point is <laughs> maybe the Fuji situation also is facing the Houston Astros because look, his walkout to strikeout rate, his walks are higher. Obviously, as we know, he's got 31 Ks over 27 innings. That's very good. The problem is against Houston, as we know, it's documented. He's walked five batters. So I'm not, I'm just pointed out there. Everyone has a team that they struggle facing. Fuji's might just be the Houston Astros. But overall, this Orioles bullpen, they've done a tremendous job. But that off day is going to be needed as we move into these final, final week of
0: the season. Now, we talk about that off day. Today is the off day. Recording this on a Monday. Usually we're recording it on Sunday. But we've decided to meet in person today and do this. I think that the bullpen has gotten a ton of help the last two days because of the starts of the starting pitchers. And, oh, no and the last two guys to start those games or John Means, who made his third start post-Tommy John surgery and went out and almost threw his second no-hitter of his career, which was, I mean, him going seven and a third, considering what he's been through, considering how they've only thrown him five innings, and Hyde even said it after the game, to get back to where he is, I mean, that, that had to have put a smile on the faces of people across Birdland, just seeing that. And it's funny, you see the the John Means picture where he's got the hat and the mustache and he's just, that's the picture everyone throws out, like, happy John Means Day to all who celebrate. <laughs> oh, they were celebrating John Means Day that day because he threw a phenomenal outing. Unfortunate to see the no-hitter get broken up with two outs in the seventh by a homer. Mm-hmm. And I know if if John Means, for him, if he didn't get the no-hitter, he still wanted the shutout, didn't get that. but But regardless, man, he threw a gem and... Birdland, you should be proud of John Means. John Means should be proud of himself because that was awesome to see, and it, and it fired a lot of people up. Before, before we go into the next picture, um, Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer were saying a lot. Like It was almost like they were saying no hitter a decent amount during yeah. it. Like they didn't care about the jinx Yeah. as a baseball player. And I'm, I'm very impartial. A lot of people are very superstitious about it. Oh, Don't yeah. say no hitter at all while it's going. Others are like whatever. It's not going to have any effect. How do you feel? The answer is you don't complaint? say it.
2: Okay. In the okay. dugout, you never say it. So it's our, Everyone <laughs> knows what's going on in the dugout. Yeah. Especially you sit around there, and if you're don't actually even talk to them, do you? But you well. You can. They'll just whatever they want to do. Some yeah. guys, as when they pitch, they don't like to talk to anyone when they pitch. Some guys want to be social. They want to. Yeah. Just they. They are who they are. You don't change anything during the moment. But the funny thing is, is everyone else in the side conversations are like, well. Um, like you're thinking about it and you're looking at the scoreboard and you're looking back and being like, man, what a game. Oh yeah. You know, but like, that's all you'll kind of say. Yep. And in your mind, you're like, this is
0: nuts." because a lot of the times you'll see the camera angle and it'll be the pitcher who's starting sitting by themselves. And everyone is just to the other side of the dugout. And it's so funny because no one even goes near them. They're like, nope. And it's like, sit where you're sitting, whenever, whatever, like whatever you've been doing. Have you, have you been a part of another? Yes. So like,
2: Michael Bauman, okay. 2019 wow. In Bowie, yeah, it was my first day. Caught up with uh, with Boo Town and shout, shout out Mike. He uh, so Mike and I play with him at every level. Um, you know, I like the guy most times. Just yeah. kidding. He, he's he's one of my my close friends. And and for for Mike though, he's one of those guys when he dials in, it can be spectacular. And that night specifically, and he was a starting pitcher before moving to the pen. That night, sitting there. In the dugout, I, w- I didn't start that game. So I'm just sitting there. We're looking up. Like, every inning, it's like end of the fifth. Like, oh, he's doing well. Six, doing well. Seventh, and he's still going back out there because sometimes you worry about pitch counts. You're yep. like, huh, all right. He's he's looking lights out. Gets through the seventh, then we're going to the eighth, and all of everyone's kind of like whispering around but not talking to Mike. Yep. Mike's just doing his thing, and he goes back out there again, gets through the eighth, goes to the ninth, and we're just sitting there like, oh, my goodness. Like, and honestly I don't even know if we even said it out loud but I guarantee you in my mind I'm thinking he's really about to do this isn't he he's really going to do it and then I saw him pump 99 on the gun the ninth. I'm like oh he's, he's going to do this it's happening but yeah point is yeah we're superstitious people baseball players you never talk about it unless the pitch if the pitcher wants to talk about it he can talk about it everyone else you follow suit
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
0: So, in that moment, as a position player or a player who is not starting that game, do you, and this is what I was getting into the superstitions of baseball and everything along those lines, do you sit in the same exact spot that you were sitting every inning? Do you do anything? to try to make this thing happen. And, and do, you, do any of your guys do anything as well? Like, well, what's, it mainly, what's, what's the code? Like, what do you do in that situation? I, I think pitching,
2: for, for pitching-wise, no-hitters, I don't think you think of it as much as far as just don't say it, don't say it. Now, hitting-wise, if something's not working right, you're like, okay, go somewhere else. Oops, and then, it's, and then it's same spots, same thoughts. That's what we go with. All right. Oh, we got three runs this inning? All right, same spots, same thoughts. Oh, didn't work for two innings. All right, move. I'm somewhere.
0: Saying, no, 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 hold on. I think you misunderstood me. There, I probably did. You probably did. You always do. So I'm saying, if your teammate Bauman throwing a no hitter, Mm -hmm. if you're in the dugout, are you sitting in the same spot every single time? Are you are you superstitious with that? Are you trying not? Are you just you're just whatever? No, I'm whatever.
2: I said only really when it's just I only change my seat as a position or as a guy on the bench when it has to when it it has to do with hitting. Cool, but with pitching. You just kind of move and you get out of the way. Honestly, that that's my biggest thing. You just get out of the way of everyone else. Yeah. Uh, specifically the pitcher. And if he's happy and he's locked in, the real thing for us is don't be the guy that causes the problem.
0: Exactly. And you seem like a guy that causes a lot of problems. Well, that's a whole different yeah.
2: discussion yeah. and we can get into rip and rock therapy. <laughs>
0: on, a, on wanna, the next you wanna, episode. You lay on my couch? Yeah. I, honestly, notes?
2: I was just pacing a second ago. I'll get yeah, there back you go. up. Watch.
0: Right. Mike's plugged in right yeah, now. Yeah, where are we going? Yeah. What's next? What do we got? So, Keep no, going. I, so Means goes out, throws a gem. The very next day, Kyle Gibson, who really had a terrible month of August, 7.89 ERA, he's kind of dialed in. So his first start of September, gives up three earned. Second start, one earned. Third start, three earned. But this last start, it was one of his better starts that he's had more recently. And this is why you pay Kyle Gibson $10 million. This is why he is the highest paid player on the current, current roster. Cause we all know who the highest paid player is just on the Orioles payroll right now. Mm-hmm. So it's okay though. Uh, but uh, no, I'm just saying it's, it's funny to see, like if you look at it, just like who, who is the highest paid player that's, that's on there. Yeah, I mean, so... I, I but but Gib- Yeah, but for Gibson to go out there, he goes seven strong innings, much like Means did, because he went seven and a third. Five hits, one earned, and he strikes out four. 95 pitches, believe that game, like, that's what you need from your starting pitchers in these months. There hasn't been an Oriole to throw a complete game this season, and it may not happen before the season ends. I, I would love to see it happen this week. Maybe it does. Who knows? But... This isn't, this is a, a you know, Brandon Hyde's a, a, he manages his pitching well. The, these guys get up to, you know, right around hundred pitches that mark, you're probably getting yanked. Yeah. And, and that's just how it is. But yeah. to, to throw a gem out there, that was, that was solid.
2: For yeah. I mean, I, well, so the one guy that would get the most leeway on for, for pitching and innings and, and because of his, he's been there and he's done that, the veteran presence is Gibby. It's, it's yeah. Kyle Gibson because He knows his body. He's been through the system, and quite frankly, the Orioles also aren't as worried about his long-term health in comparison to some of the younger guys like Braddish and Grayson and Dean Kramer, even though they will run it up, but they're still being cautious of that. Gibson, though, he'll tell you if he can or can't, and and he's going to try it. If you heard him in spring training, he's talked about it. My goal is each time I'm trying to go as deep as I can regardless of how my outing's gone because I'm trying to help the team in the long term. If I have a bad outing early well, I'm going to try to save the bullpen. Or if I'm dealing, I'm going to try to keep going because I'm trying to help our team win. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason why you brought it up. There's a reason why you brought him in. And yeah, you can look at his ERA and go, well, he's been up and down. His his numbers aren't that good. Go back and watch him pitch against some teams, especially in big moments. And what I want to bring up is when he's had to face the Tampa Bay Rays, the Philadelphia Phillies, even even, um, that game against the Guardians, I would categorize that as a big moment because your team is trying to, which again, they ended up picking up a game in the standings, but these are massive moments. And Gibson has come through in many different ways. And that is why you brought him in. And that's why he's going to be a, probably a factor for this uh, rotation or even for this bullpen as we
0: move into the postseason. You just brought it up. You used the word rotation. I want to know what you think the rotation is going to look like for the postseason. Do the O's go three? Did the O's go four? And if they do go three or four, who are those three or four names that you are confident with, that you trust, starting each game for the birds? So right
2: now, if we had to take a guess, Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez, I think right now as far as stuff, confidence, their ability, those two are in there. Right? Bradish is
0: a lock. Yes, Bradish has. Bradish to be a and lock.
2: Grayson are both locks yes. for me.
0: I, I would agree with Grayson too. The only thing I would say that's not in his, not not in, you know, not in his favor or like a knock on him would be. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's a rookie. But you got to think, regardless, he's pitched in big moments this season. The names he's pitched against, I'd throw grace. I was just playing Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, no, you're you're
2: exactly right. And that's why I'm saying Kyle Gibson will be in the running for it. I I believe so, too. And so it could be a four-man rotation, honestly. And so here's where I'm going with this. I think they're wondering about John Means, where he'd be and how he's built up. And the answer right now to me is John Means is looking good and he's built up. Yeah. So that's a part for me of going, well, if John Means is built up to 85, 90 pitches, yep. which is what he's thrown recently, that is showing to me he is being looked at to go and start a game, a meaningful postseason game. Then the last spot will probably be between Dean Kramer and Kyle Gibson. And both those guys might be asked to do different roles, but that would be my guess to start. I do think the Orioles, unless it's something drastic, I think they're going to use four guys come come postseason time. That's my gut. Here,
0: here's the thing. And my four, I think, right now, for me, would be Braddish, Grayson. And like I said, Grayson, while he's a rookie, yep. he does not pitch like a rookie. And he hasn't in the second not half against, the not against, Not against the Tampa Bay no. Rays, he, he especially, been, too. He has been very good, very phenomenal. And I trust in Grayson Rodriguez going forward that he could be one of the guys that the Orioles can rely on heavily in postseason play. Um, because if you look at it, regardless if he's a rookie or not, regardless if he doesn't have any postseason experience or not, Neither to half the guys on this team, mm-hmm. neither to half the guys on this club. I think Gibson is the only starting pitcher that has—I could yep. be wrong—any sort of postseason experience. I can't remember if. Um, let's see. Does does Flaherty have any? Yes, Flaherty does. Flaherty when he does got traded well, over, but, but yes, yeah. at,
2: at Kyle Gibson going into this season, he was the guy with the most playoff experience for for pitching on your staff.
0: No, By exactly, far. man. So,
2: and again, and, and, and that matters. And, and the reason why, if you looked at what Kyle Gibson's brought to this team on so many levels and you can't yep. quantify it leadership, the, the presence, the ability allowing um, young players to uh, grow into who they are as both players and people like that, that stuff really transforms a locker room and transforms players from taking, from going from one level to the next, which I don't think it's a coincidence. Yes, the coaching staff's done a tremendous job. The players have done a tremendous job but building a culture and, and helping those guys get to that point yeah. also factors in. So, yes, Kyle Gibson, though, that's why. Gib- so,
0: yeah, Gibson, yeah. Yes, Gibson, yes. Gibson's got to be in there, I think. Grayson, Bradish, and then do you go with Dean or do you throw means out there? I think both, both are worthy of it. De- I Dean think- has had some really good moments this season. I he's think, had some really not so good moments, too, but he's he's a guy that you might be able to rely on, too, in that postseason. And I think they will. Oh, I think for sure. I mean, definitely. Need and them.
2: this is a good problem to have right now is just you want to be it. able to. And, and I think then we'll just talk about it then how they're going to put the pitch the postseason. Whoever's not going to be considered a quote unquote starter yeah. better be ready early, oh, yeah. because as soon as someone gets in trouble, the Orioles are going to pull the hook to keep the game close. This isn't, and I know you can say right now of going, well, the Orioles always come back. Yes, but this is where the postseasons managed differently. And this is actually why I thought Jack Flaherty was pulled early in his start the other day where I know another point of it where I thought he was still battling injury. That's for a different topic. But for that specific game, I thought Hyde was treating it as the game was still close and he wanted to give it, he pulled him because he didn't think he could go through another time through the uh, lineup. And the game was still, I think, a two-run game at the time. The Orioles are going to do that. If you find a situation where it's getting sticky in the second, third inning, Hyde's not going to be afraid to make a move because that you're pitching really game to game. And because you don't have a full, you're not having a five-man rotation, those guys are going to be asked upon, where it could be a guy like Dean, John Means, or uh, uh, Kyle Gibson, to come in and go, Hey, be ready because we might need you. You might not start this game, but we might need you for three, four, five, six innings. Quickly,
0: let's just look at their their ERAs of the starters for the Orioles. the The four, five guys we just mentioned. You have Kyle Bradish with the lowest. That's a three hundred one, and that's that's phenomenal. That's very good for a starting pitcher. You have Kramer four point two five. You have Gibson four point eight six. You have Grayson with a four point four nine, and then you have John Means, but his ERA is not going to kind of tie in with the rest of them right now because no. he's only made three starts and they've made, you know, twenty-five Full to thirty, worth. you know, twenty yeah. to thirty plus exactly. So with means, he has, let me find him on here. He's made three. He has a 2.60 ERA. So, okay, well, we just looked at that. We looked at their, you know, ERA, but I, I just wanted to for for the listeners out there, just to know what you're working with when you get in there. And it's Innings pitch, Kyle Gibson, I mean, he takes the cake with 187. He leads the club, and that's 20 more than anybody else on Mm -hmm. the team. But so we talked about pitching. We talked about the rotation. Quickly, before we get into the next topic, what's your confidence level, Rip? Because you look at a team, and everyone is going to— I feel like there are still people out there that are going to count the Orioles out Mm -hmm. because of their lack of postseason experience, because they're so young. But this is a hungry group. They mesh well together. And while they haven't, many of their position players, many of their pitchers have never taken part in a postseason game. They've played in some very, very big games this season against some very good ball clubs. So I'm telling you what, I think they're ready. What's your confidence level in them? Yeah, I think it's, it's got to be
2: high just because this is for any team. Even with the with the veteran savvy teams, and we've I've even I've gone and thought about this for a long time here, and we look at some of the best teams in all of baseball. Los Angeles Dodgers have so much veteran leadership. Last year, same thing, and they were bounced from the playoffs. The Atlanta Braves, top team, bounced from the playoffs. So it, there's really no rhyme or reason. The the bigger thing for me is you've done everything to prepare for this moment. You've played in every game situation. Almost possible. I can't think of one off the top of my head where you go, you know what? The Orioles haven't been in this situation yet this year. And that's all you can ask for for your young team is to experience it and then have success. Mm -hmm. And the Orioles check both those boxes. So if you're going to say a five-game series, then a seven-game series, I think the Orioles are going to find a way to win it, plus what they've done. You got to feel confident because they've given you no other reason
0: not to so far. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. So it's a big week for the birds, no doubt about it. They have two against the Washington Nationals at home, and this is how they're finishing off. This is how they're finishing off the season. Then four with the Red Sox. These are two teams that have nothing to play for anymore, and two teams that would love nothing more than to ruin the Orioles' season. And they wouldn't ruin the Orioles' season by helping them lose the AL East, but it would put a damper on what they've done so far this season because. For the Orioles, they want to win the AL East. Their season is not accomplished unless they win the AL East and keep winning going forward. So this is a team that has its goals right now. And it, it's probably right now win the AL East get a buy, get that first seed, and then win the ALCS, or sorry, win the ALDS, win the ALCS, win the World Series. So in that order, I would, I would assume like that's where they're going because they're, they're trying not to look too far ahead. But the two teams that are coming in they are going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Orioles. You, you trust me with that. They are going to play some of their best baseball of the season because they're coming into this one saying, and I'm sure, have you been on that end? Where, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, this is the most dangerous part, I think. Mm-hmm. Part of when you have a division rival that comes to town. So if the Orioles don't have a clinch before then, and the division rival, if they don't like you, they're, they're going to do whatever they can to spoil things for you. However, having said that, the other part of it, and this is where it's the other dangerous game is the team that's coming in that doesn't have anything to play for also is going to play looser. Yes, yeah, so it can go two different ways. You can go to one that where they're checked out and you take advantage of them, which it felt like with the Los Angeles Angels right now, it felt like that's where things were going, right? That their team was constantly, you know, Trout's done now, Otani's done. You know, they, they traded away everyone. It felt like that you could feel the air being sucked out of there. Yeah. But for Washington, a lot of young guys that are building up their confidence. They're starting to hit their stride. They're trying to finish strong. We saw that with the Guardians. They were out of the race, right? But they're going to go out there and play ball because they're professionals, but they're not worried if they win or lose. So the pressure's off them in that scenario. And for the Orioles, it's going to remind yourself, don't get too tense because that's what the other team is not going to do. The other team's not going to be worrying
0: about whatever happens. They're just going to go out there and let the game and let things fall where they may. I don't think the Red Sox fan base or the Red Sox players in general, the organization, they they probably still don't forgive the Orioles for the curse of Andino. And they're probably still thinking about that coming in. Like they would love nothing more. They're like, all right, you eliminated eliminated us from playoff contention back then. We're going to ruin your, your hopes at an AL East title coming around this way. But the Orioles, I don't think this is a team that's going to let it happen. They know what's at stake. That magic number's three. So that's, and okay. there's a chance then if, that the if,
2: Orioles before they get to Boston then because you just brought
0: it up. They can clinch as early as Wednesday, clinch that AL East division title. So if all goes well on Tuesday, if they win, I think Tampa Bay plays on Tuesday cuz they're off they're off today. And you know who Tampa so. Bay is playing? Is that Boston? There you go. So
2: maybe Boston wants to take out their their anger and frustrations on Tampa first and hopefully the Orioles are feeling good before uh, they even get into that final four no, game stretch. It would be
0: nice to be able to give their guys even more rest going forward if they, if they lock up that AL East division crown before that final series and they just kind of take it a little bit easy, see what they have, not get guys injured, not tax the bullpen. And then you get that much needed buy, that much needed rest week coming up You're, as far as the postseason goes. I will say one thing. Yeah. And
2: this is, the, the, as much as we're talking about rest, Rest is does not necessarily mean that we're going to give you're going to give guys off or that you know uh, you're going to stop going out there to compete because the hardest thing also is after you're you know you're going to be the number one team is how do you stay ready when you have the days off and that is a challenge that we'll save for next episode so hopefully knocking on wood the Orioles do this but keep that in mind and remind me next week Rock that is going to be a big talking point because that is something that I don't think people fully understand when it comes to quote unquote, resting guys.
0: Yeah, no, you you would know better than anyone with that. No more than me. So here's the Orioles pitching lineup throughout the next, the final six games of the season. Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, Dean Kramer, John Means, Kyle Gibson in that game. You can watch it on Fox 45. That is the Game before the final game of the season would have been really cool if we had the final game of the season, but you know, I get it. Masson has that, but shameless plug. You can watch that September 30th game against the Boston Red Sox, 715 only on Fox 45. And then to round out the season, you got Kyle Bradish. So it's, I mean, I like the, O's, I like the O's odds. I really do. I think this is, if they don't clinch it on Wednesday, I think it's going to be a done deal by Thursday. I think they're going to take care of business, get this done lock up the AL East, and head into the playoffs on a, on a high note. Postseason, sorry. Postseason. Yes. Postseason. Can't be saying playoffs. But yeah, but that, that, that's the thing right there. It, it, for the,
2: again, for the, to keep this context of it, the Rays are going to have a lot of work to do if they're going to catch this. And even if the Orioles stumble, to so say that the Orioles went two and four the last six games, mm-hmm. that it means that the Red Sox have to win at least five games down the stretch. Yeah, man. That's a lot to ask. Yep. And, it's not impossible, and and, and, but it's, and quite is, frankly, yeah. though, because I think the Red Sox, or sorry, if I'm not mistaken, the Rays have—is it they have one more game or one less game to play?
0: Um, they have. Do they play on the first as well, or do they have a break in between their my two math's series? off right now? The O's have the O's series or season finale is on October. 4th.
2: No, so sorry, the O's have one more game. So if the Orioles yeah. are three games up, they, they have the tiebreaker. Because of the season series. So in this case, what we're seeing, so so what's going to have to happen is that the Rays literally are going to have to win out and the Orioles are going to have to fall apart the last six games, What you want to talk about the Orioles doing something they haven't done all season. That would be the moment. That would be the, the worst time for it. But I believe just like you said, Rock, the boys are ready for postseason. They smell it. They can taste it they're one step away from moving on to their next goal. And that is to compete. I, I
0: truly series. hope I know people have jobs and whatnot, but I, I hope to see no less than 30,000 people at any one of these six games going forward, because that, that is the atmosphere these players deserve the final week of the season. It needs to feel like postseason baseball, because if it doesn't, they're going to, they're going to feel that they're going to, you know, I'm sure you notice that as a ball player. So, you know, just looking at the attendance on the road, it's, it's at home it has been better. That, that Tampa Bay series, 43,000, 38,000, 37,000. That's what it should be like against these two teams finishing out the season. Against Washington, I know Washington's not good. It's okay. I know you don't, you may not want to pay your money to go see the Nationals play right now. Not trying to knock the Nationals, but they're just not, they're not good. But show up, show up, show up. That's all I gotta say.
2: And show up, and, and ooh, so it, it kind of so lead. Hair. This is kind of what leading into like the last things that just rips tips, and then yep. we're kind of getting out of here. Is yep. that right? And then
0: Jackson Holiday. But yeah, we'll, that's right. It'll be like a quick hitter.
2: Yeah. So with rips tips, with it because it just goes into what we're talking about. It's never as bad as it seems. And so we talked about already in this episode how we thought the world was falling. Some people thought the world was falling when the team dropped four straight, including two tough ones to the Cardinals and the Rays. Come in, you go. Oh no, this team. Here we go again. Here we go again. Look, when we look up at it, the it's the reason why no one's talking about the Braves who have only if we're looking at the schedule right now, the Braves have lost six of their last 10. They're they're four and six in their last 10. Well,
0: they have everything locked up. Correct. But that's
2: the point. And the Orioles only separated by with them by two and a half, three games, if I'm not mistaken. But the reason was because they have a 13 game lead in their division. The Orioles have the third best team in all of baseball right next to them or sorry, now the Dodgers technically by percentage are, are the team that's the third best team. But the Rays are the second best team in the American League in your same division. And
0: the fourth best team in baseball.
2: And the fourth best team in baseball. Yep. So the point being, they have 95 wins. The Orioles have done so many things right. And trust that it's not as always as bad as it seems. Go back and look at your body of work. Go back and look at what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And if you take a deep breath and remind yourself, and this is in life too, I remind myself of this every day when I start to feel like I get flustered, something didn't go my way. Yeah. What has gone on? What has happened? And if I take a deep breath and go, okay, how bad really is it? And how bad is it in my mind? And usually you're going to find out that it is way worse in your mind yep. than walking out. How many times have you made a mistake? And we've even talked about this and you're on oh air God. and you're going, well, man, I, I felt like I I said it a certain way or my voice might've sounded Dude. a different way. And then we'll even talk about it go, hey, uh, how do you think that sounded? And you go, yep. I thought you sounded great. Yep. And you're like, oh, really?
0: Dude, every time I'll do live shots and I'll maybe stumble over a word or think I stumbled over a word. It happens. And sometimes you're you're trying to say a word and you say a different word. And if that happens, I'm thinking in my head, like, that live shot's a wash. Like that sucked. And I beat myself up. I remember when I was at Camden Yards after they lost to the Rays, and that was the Fox game. And I was like, this is a career highlight for me. I'm pumped. I want to kill this live shot. I want to make it look good. I want my work to show for itself. And I did two or three live shots, and I felt like I messed each one of them up. And I looked back at them, and I was like, "All right, a little bit here and there." But like, the the viewer is not sitting there picking you apart, like, "Oh my gosh, he did that," or "Oh my gosh, he did that." And it, and I looked back, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever done, and no. I was a little disappointed because I wanted it to be top notch. But like. That's where it is. And like, same thing with you, man. It's like you, you think in your head, you get in your head sometimes because you're thinking, that was so bad. That's a wash. That was, and you go home, and what you'll do for an hour or two, you'll beat yourself up over it. You'll sit there and say, I could have done this differently. And sometimes you go to bed and you're like, I could have done this differently. And you wake up the next day, it's a new day. Yep. It's all in the rear view. Well, That's and also, too,
2: it. talking about the body of work, mm-hmm. and we're talking about this, we're, we're picking apart ourselves. If we go back and look at where you started your progress, your body of work's going to show you, even on days where you think you were down, it's way better than you were before. And, and that that's a part I want to just emphasize. It's always worse in your own mind than when you actually go back and look and what everyone else is going to say. And regardless, you're going to have people that are going to doubt you and say things regardless. That's why I'm saying go back and look at your body of work because you're seeing your progression. And for this Baltimore Orioles team, mm-hmm. their body of work has shown they've been the best team in the American League from... Beginning to end, if we're going over their body of work, trust in it. The Orioles battle through. You can do the same. Yep. That's all I got for Rips I lo- Tips I love week.
0: that. That's a great Rips Tips. That was one of my favorites so far. Fantastic. So, Woo! last thing we're going to talk about, Jackson Holiday. He goes out and he wins Baseball America's, some of their top honors, Minor League Baseball Player of the Year. He joins Gunnar Henderson, who did it last year, and Matt Wieters as members of the Orioles organization. There's other guys on that list. One specifically I saw was Delman Young, who did play for the Orioles, but he wasn't a member of the Orioles nope. organization at the time that he won it. So, Weeders, Gunner, Jackson Holiday. Holiday joins Elite Company, and that is fantastic. And this is a guy who has played, started in single A with Delmarva. Comes up, he's playing with his fourth team, the Norfolk Tides. He's hit 300 plus at every single level. Except right now in Triple A, but you know what? He's only played 18 games. He's hitting this a solid 267. Not a big deal. Pretty fantastic though. I was being sarcastic with the not a big deal. That's that's great stuff. I from think Jackson. we picked he's up on hit- that. I think people have picked yeah. well, up on your I sarcasm. Know. I don't
2: know. I don't know. Sometimes
0: I'm a sarcastic guy. You, you know? are.
2: You are. You're. You're. But you're a good kid. So I will tell you,
0: Jackson that. Holiday. When do we think he's going to be up? Rip next opening day next season? Yes. Opening day next season, your eyes are getting wide. Are you going to make that a rip and rock guarantee? We're I'm one not, for one. I'm not
2: going to make we're that a guarantee. we one for one with Heston
0: Kerstad? Okay, but I, I see. we we'll may maybe have to say that for next week. I, you, first, first month of the season, are they going to Grayson Rodriguez him? I think before June, he's up. I before before I think,
2: June? I think by... I think... Let me actually break that. I that's think... such a June, soft guarantee right no, there. No, if we're looking that's at fair. the body of work, that's I think that's, that's what's going to happen. But... Yeah, I mean, he's gonna. We, I will say, our guarantee, our guarantee already started back in 2024. We said we expect him to have a good year.
0: Yeah, in 2023, potentially and then we, finish in AAA. I think we said that. We
2: said we we talked about this before, and we said we expect him to be on the big league team.
0: Pat's on the back here. I know people love that for sure.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, always pat's on the back. But I will say the Hessen Kierstead thing. We did say he'd come up and start hitting, and he's hit the ground running. Jackson Holiday is almost here, but it will
0: happen next year. That is our Let's guarantee. Let's just make it even more of a broad prediction and say pre-all-star break, not even a hot take anymore. Jackson Holiday is going to be up before the all-star break videos. No, a- I'm going to go before the second month of the season. Jackson Holiday will be on the Baltimore Orioles roster.
2: Boom. Okay.
0: Yep. I like it. Second month of the year. I like it. Jackson's going to
2: be up, and, and this Orioles team is hopefully going to be defending their title for 2024. That's yeah. our goal.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week to rip and rock we really truly do and we appreciate and value your feedback so please 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 download subscribe give us a review let us know how we're doing it really helps us know like okay like we really stunk this episode or okay we're we're doing we're doing all right not here so you can download apple spotify amazon iheartradio um, there are a ton of other places as well that I, I probably really? don't even know about. But it's, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your podcast, that's basically people, it. Wherever just, you get your podcast, just download, just download. Let us know how we're doing. We really appreciate you tuning in for episode twenty-one of Rip and Rock. We will see you guys next time. Thanks again. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers.